1: Today I'm preaching on party people. Party people. Is there any party people? Come on, 11 a.m. is the party crowd right here. Party people. And you might say, what does party people have to do with God and the Bible? God was a partier. He is a partier. In fact, God, his whole idea, the, the, the idea of partying came from God. It came from God. In fact, in the Old Testament, when God finished creating planet Earth, yesterday was Earth Day, and we should give God praise because he's the one who made it. But when he was done creating the Earth, he partied on the seventh day Sabbath. He celebrated. This is Good. Did you know in the Old Testament, God commanded all the children of Israel that they should pause and festival celebrations throughout the year, multiple times throughout the year, just to celebrate God's goodness. Celebration is God's idea. And I don't know about you, but I like to celebrate. I grew up in a family that celebrated birthdays, half-birthdays, anniversaries. People who had been sober in the church for a few years or whatever the situation. How, how many of you guys have something to celebrate? Come on. Anybody been sober for at least a month in your life or a year in your life, 10 years? You've been free from that addiction. How many of you are debt free? That's something to celebrate. You got out of debt. Come on, somebody. Anybody's anniversary this month, wedding anniversary, celebrating being together for a certain amount of years? Come on, my in-laws right there, David and Terry McCollum. We celebrate. Anybody's birthday this month? Birthdays, come on, birthday people. Yes, Miss Rice back there. Hey, Ashley, will you pass, I brought some party gear with me this morning. I hope you don't mind. I wanna party with you guys. We are a party people. Come on, right here. I got my party hat on. Let's celebrate! (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey guys, church is not meant to be endured. Church is meant to be enjoyed. God wants his people to celebrate his goodness, his faithfulness. If stuff gets on your hair, just brush it off, put it on the person's hair next to you. God wants us to have fun together. He wants us to celebrate. We got so much to celebrate. Did you know after Jesus rose from the grave, there was a celebration and it continued. In Luke 24, in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, open with me to Luke 24. Yes! Here, I'm going to pass this back to you, Ashley. Luke 24, verse 50, it says that Jesus blessed his disciples after he had risen from the dead. So he came back and blessed them. How many are too blessed to be stressed? Come on, I'm too blessed. I got too many blessings to be stressed out about life. Here's what celebration does. Celebration kills the anxiety that's happening in your life. When you begin to just celebrate the good things that are happening, you might be here today and say, Paul, I got nothing to celebrate. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong in my life. But if you'll just take the consideration that you're still breathing today, that's a reason to celebrate. The fact that you're in church today, that's a reason to celebrate. You have more to be thankful for than you do to complain about. Why don't you just give thanks right now? You are blessed to be alive. You are blessed to be in church. You know how many people are in countries right now where they don't get to gather in a church building like this? And if they do, there's no air conditioning, and they're hot, and there's places where it's freezing cold, and there's no heat, and you live in this city, in this country, or you have a laptop, you're watching us online, there's a reason. to be be thankful. There's a reason to celebrate. It says after Jesus blessed them, verse 52, it says that he ascended up into heaven, verse 51, and then watch what happens next. Instead of the disciples being mad like Jesus left us, our best days are behind us, it's not gonna get any better than this, we already experienced the best with Jesus. It says that after he left them, they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. Is this a church that's filled with some great joy? Come on, last weekend, we celebrated Easter, but how many of you know every day of the year is a day to celebrate He is risen, He is Lord, He's not finished with us yet. No matter what bad things are happening in the world, you got a reason to celebrate that Jesus is alive, heaven is your future home, and your best days are in front of you. Come on, somebody. So here's what happens, when we celebrate, we bring joy into the atmosphere. When we celebrate, we change our attitude from an attitude of pessimism, from an attitude of criticism, to an attitude of gratitude. You are a happier, people are happier to be around you when you're a celebrator. You know, celebrators are elevators. You can hate, you can tolerate, or you can celebrate. But I'll tell you, that third one is the one that you wanna do. Be a ce- Don't be a hater, be a celebrator. Come on somebody, I'm giving you guys tweets for the week. People will enjoy being around you more if you celebrate who they are, celebrate what God's doing in their life, celebrate what God's doing in your life. Be a celebrator, elevate the atmosphere, change the atmosphere of depression, pessimism, criticism, skepticism, complaining, and start celebrating. My dad, he used to call our family the darty party. And in our house, we, you know, we were the Darty party. We were partying all the time, partying all kinds of things. And anytime that the conversation in our house was starting to get negative and people were starting to talk about other people, my dad would just change the conversation. He'd say, it's a pretty day. Let's celebrate, Darty party. Let's celebrate. He would change the conversation. This is what God wants us to do. Look at this scripture. In, in Matthew 22, verse two through three, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is a party. The kingdom of heaven is a celebration. It is a banquet, and you're invited to the party. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're invited. I'm invited. Jesus is not throwing a funeral, so quit showing up to church like it's all a funeral. We need to show up to church like we're going to a party. The best party in the planet is happening every Sunday at Victory. Come on, I might need another confetti cannon. Do we have more confetti cannons? I gotta get these people awake this morning, babe. Come on, somebody. We should come to church every Sunday like it's a party. I went on a mission trip, y'all, y'all might find this funny, Anybody, is there any rednecks in the house you just know you're a redneck? All right. I, I mean, I grew up in Tulsa and I, I, like, I know I'm a little country for some people and I say y'all all the time in my text messages. I met the, the man who wrote a song about rednecks, Jeff Foxworthy, he's like a country comedian. He went on a mission trip with me and my brother. We went on a mission trip and somehow he was on that trip. You know what he said to me? He said, Paul, I'm a born again Christian. He said, and people may not realize that when they listen to my comedy, but he said, I am a born again Christian. And he said this, he said, I just wanna encourage you, enjoy the journey. He said, so many Christians wait to celebrate until they're at the finish line. He said, God wants us to celebrate the progress. I was like, Jeff Foxworthy's given us theology here. And, and he was saying, celebrate along the journey. And you know, every pastor I've talked to, you name the pastor, they've said, you cannot make it in ministry if you are not a celebrator along the journey. You won't make it. You know why people burn out in Christianity? They stop celebrating the progress. I want to encourage you families, dads, moms, sons, daughters, be a celebrator in your house of people's progress. You say, well, they, they're they not where they should be. Yeah, but they're not where they used to be either. Celebrate where they are today and celebrate where God's taking them tomorrow. Let's be the kind of people, and I wanna give you real quickly three things to celebrate. Three things to celebrate. Celebration is a core value in our house, and so number one, party people, they celebrate what God has done. Number one, celebrate what God has done. Celebrate the past. You know, when you begin to celebrate the past, it gives you hope for the future. When you begin to reflect on the good things God has done in your past, it gives you confidence that God can do great things in the future. If he did it back then, how many of y'all know he can do it again? In the Old Testament, uh, 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 people who followed God, people who believed in God, they used the rod and their staff, so the, the stick, the rod or the staff that they would walk with, their walking stick, as a journal. This is true. They would journal what God had spoken to them or what God had done for them. Moses was a man who did this. He would journal down what God spoke to him at the burning bush what God did for him in Egypt. So when Moses lifted up his rod at the Red Sea, if you remember the story, if you've ever seen the movie Prince of Egypt or the Ten Commandments, when Moses lifted up his rod, looking at the sea that hadn't parted yet, you know what he saw? He saw the miracles of the past. And he remembered, if God did it back then, he can do it again. Some of us in this room, we're facing situations. How many are facing a situation where you need a breakthrough in your future? You need a breakthrough like in the next week, next month, you need a miracle in your finances, your marriage, your family, your health, you got a doctor's report. Remember what God has done. You're still breathing. God delivered you from death. You wouldn't be here today. That car accident should have killed you, but for some reason, you're still here. You should have ended up in the wrong crowd, but for some reason, you're at church today. God delivered, remember what he's done. Give thanks for what he's done. Psalm 107, verse one, the psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. God is good all the time and all the time. Come on, it says give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And look at verse two, it says, has the Lord redeemed you? That's the question I have for you this morning. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then he says, talk about it, speak it out. Brag about God's goodness. Talk about, not about you, but about him. Tell others that God has redeemed you from your enemies. When I get to heaven, I want to be accused of talking too much about God's goodness. Talking too much about God's favor. Talking too much about God's redemption in my life. I don't want to be getting up to heaven and God said, you are a really good secret service Christian. You were so secretive, nobody knew that you followed me. Nobody knew what I did for you. Nobody ever found out the blessings I brought into your life. You kept it all a great secret. No, I wanna be the kind of Christian that says, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what God has done for this house, and if he did it for this house, he can do it for your house, church. Nehemiah 12, verse 27, when the children of God had finished building the wall in Jerusalem, factual history here, Jerusalem had been torn down, the wall was in ruins, but they built back the wall. And instead of just building the wall and going, oh, it's finished, let's go on to the next campaign, they paused. They stopped. They pulled all the congregation together and they said, let's have a party. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate that the wall is complete. We need to remember in our lives, we live in a busy, 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 busy culture. How many of y'all would agree that America is way too busy right now? So busy, but our lives are not full. Our lives are not complete. We're we're full of busyness, but we're not full of Jesus. And we've gotta be careful that along the journey, God instructed, have a Sabbath every week where you just stop and you go, thank you, Jesus, for the last week. Thank you that you got me through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Lord, thank you for what you've done. We need to pause and celebrate. You know, this weekend marks 36 years for Victory as a church. And I just want to thank all of you that have been a part of the journey. Many of you have been here for a long time. In fact, if you've been a part of Victory for more than 10 years, would you stand up? I want to honor those that have been just faithful here for a long time and you've been coming for more than 10 years. Many of you have served, you've sacrificed, you've given. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. If you've been here for more than 20 years, will you stay standing, more than 20 years? I love just looking around the room in every service. Tom and Susan Newman, I see y'all back there. Wow, more than 20 years you've been part of this house. Gary Stanislavski, many of you in this room. You've served, you've given, you've shown up. You could have left, you could have gotten offended, but you stayed with the house. Thank you so much. If you've been here longer than 30 years, would you stay standing? Longer than 30 years. Wow. You know how amazing that is, church? It's amazing. I just want my age group to just look around, because this is a, this is a picture of faithfulness. This is, a, this, is a, this is a life, a lot of stories my mom said, a lot of testimonies represented right here. Thank you. I feel like thank you is not enough, but I just, wow, we honor you. If we were to capture all the stories of, of what God has done in this house over the last 36 years. There would, I mean, we couldn't show it in any movie. I mean, it, there were, it, it, no video could do justice what God has done in people's lives and in this church and this ministry for 36 years. But we went ahead and we, we made a video that we want to show you. <laughs> and I already want to warn you, it doesn't do justice for what God has done here, but it, but it at least captures a few of the moments of the last 36 years. It's just a minute long, but I want you to watch what the Lord has done, and we're going to celebrate A church that's moving in the Spirit of God. A church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. A church that's resilient against adversity. A church that won't be defined within the four walls that it sits. A church that's moving with compassion. Yes, I see that church. I see a church whose best days are still in front of her. A church that started in 81 but remains till Jesus returns. I see a church that's reaching into Tulsa, Oklahoma, United States of America, and to the ends of the earth. A church that's starting more services, planting more campuses, expanding to the right and to the left. A church that's consumed with the great commission to preach the gospel, the uncompromised Word of God, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to go into Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth yes I see that church
0: about it, watching that, I'm so thankful for what has, what's happening right now. Thank you, Jesus. But I, I just, I, I look back and I, I have so many memories because you, last night you mentioned about the, uh, the children of Israel. God had them put memorials uh, at different places, you know, memorial stones, and uh, to re- remember what God had done. And I see memorials, you know, as I'm looking at that screen of uh, some of the past things. But way back, I, I think about when in the very beginnings, and when I looked around and I saw the people standing up, many of you involved in the Tulsa Dream Center. And many of you involved with us in the tent crusade meetings where we went into the low-income apartment housing complexes of our city and uh, before the Dream Center, setting up that tent, tearing it down and, you know, in the in the cold and in the heat. And uh, and then I see many of you Bible Bible fellowship leaders, cell group leaders. I see many of you out there and how that you just have faithfully stayed with us over these years, sowing and giving of your own talent and your own abilities and your personality, your person into the lives of people. And and it was all about all of us together, uh, whether we're talking about getting this property, or building the buildings, or we talk about, you know, the serving aspect. Everyone, Victory Christian School, I just think, I look out and I just see so many various aspects of this ministry when I watched you stand up. And the stories of your own personal lives, you know, of testimonies that you've shared with us through the years as well, of God's power in your lives of healing or deliverance or of freedom or of uh, using your life in special ways. But I think back in the very beginning of um, when I saw that thing on Russia, because that was a memorial for us as a church. Um, I think back in the early 80s, Jean Wilkerson and her husband, Mr. DB, who owned a, a Chevrolet company here in our uh, a place in our city and. She had prayed many years uh, and had an intercessory prayer group, and the church she was in rejected her. And so she ended up, they came over to victory in the very beginnings of victory. And she said the Lord told her to tell Billy Joe, all the prayers that I have prayed came with me to this church. And she said uh, God showed her things prophetically that were going to take place in the future of the city of Tulsa as well as of the world and uh, and so the, many of those prophecies we saw begin to happen but anyway one of them was one night she Bill Joe called her up and she said the doors of Russia are gonna open this was in 1982 or 3 somewhere in there she said the doors of Russia are gonna open at that time Russia would not allow our television uh, into their uh, country and so they would take shots of our homeless people in America and then show it in their country and say this is how Americans live See, you've got it so much better. You have a flat. You have an apartment. You have electricity. We provide for all of our people in communism. But America, you know, they don't have what we have. Well, of course, when when the door opened, they realized how deceived they had been of the blessed America that we are. But anyway, she said, the door's going to open and ministries will go across uh, the former Soviet Union like huge combines reaping a harvest of souls. And then she turned, she said, and your pastor's going to be one of them. Well, you know, we had not really thought at that point about it, but I can remember Bill and felt to print new life books in Russian. Well, we didn't know any Russians at that time. There wasn't a lot of Russians in our city that we knew of. We found someone finally that could translate, and it was over a process of time. But I remember when we got it translated, then... You know, we had to spend $60,000 to print 1 million new life books of what Billy Joe felt God said to him. And you know, uh, I remember we needed that 60,000. We were either buying land or, yeah, we were buying land, this land right here. But we made that investment. Well, then after we got the books, I remembered that uh, my husband called a, a minister that he knew was going in and out behind the Iron Curtain before it was opened up. And so the person said, no, we don't need your books. We've got other people's books that were taken. So, you know, it looked like, okay, God, you told us to do this, but sometimes God tells you to do things just to get you ready for the door when it right. God is gonna open it for you. And so don't ever shove aside that voice. Some of you are there right now in decision-making. But anyway, uh, we, so we put them in storage. And so I remember when Brother Sumrall in 1991, we went there to speak and and Bill, Bill just said, so I hear you're going to Russia. He says, yeah, why don't you go with me? And so, okay. You know, when Brother when, when Brother Sumrall said, uh, you know, you need to go, well, we would go, you know. And so anyway, um, we went, and it was at that crusade that we got the vision. Bill and Joe came back, and he got two scriptures from Isaiah as well as from Acts, which gave him that direction of going back once a month for 18 months. Missionaries told us, you don't do that. Even missionaries don't do that. In and out once a month for 18 months, it's wearing. And so, but God had said to do it. We went at a time when nobody wanted to go back to Russia. In fact, Brother Sumrall's people at that time said, it's too hard, you know, it was too hard getting in. We went and the Russian people at that time didn't know if they would have enough heat that winter. They didn't know if they would have enough uh, uh, provisions, food and that sort of thing. So we went with humanitarian aid as well, but with those Bibles and with those books, We took a million Bibles over the process of the 18 months, and we ended up getting to print another half million of the New Life books that we were able to give out. Those books and Bibles went to all, at that time, 11 time zones of Russia, 11 time zones. We have four time zones in America. 11 time zones. People came by trains just to get boxes of books to go back and start a church in their city. Wow. Today, there's still results of that uh, yeah. time. But what it did for us as a church was it was a memorial moment for this church because it seeded our entire congregation yeah. with missions. Yeah. And this church became a missional, apostolic church. Rather than just a local church, we became an apostolic church, meaning we were planting churches. We were planting Bible schools in the world today. Come on. So it sets it set us apart. Mom, and,
1: that's who we've been. That's who, we, who are, we are. And that's who we'll always be. And we're there again. And the best that's is what yet came, to come.
0: That's what came to me, Paul, was all the moves of God Folks, we are we are right now in a move of God. Yeah. And we're at the beginning. And in the moves of God, there's so many things that happen, but God moved through in our lives through the Jesus movement in the late 60s, early 70s. We came out of that ready to do whatever God wanted. But we're there again. We're there again, Paul. We are at another Jesus movement or whatever you wanna call it, but we are Jesus people. And we're gonna move with the Spirit of God. Come
1: on, praise God. Give her a big hand. Thank you, Mom. Founding pastors, Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty, we stand on the shoulders of generals in the faith, giants in the faith. Thank you, Mom, for your perseverance. Thank you, Dad. The great cloud of witnesses that's gone before us, Thank you, Jesus. Best days are right in front of us. You know, the second point I want to bring, just what my mom was saying, is we celebrate what God has done, but number two, we celebrate what God is doing. We celebrate what's happening right now. We need to stop and smell the roses. God is doing something great right now. Not just in the past. Let's not just camp out in the past miracles. We have great things happening right now in this church and in your life. You may not even realize God's up to something in your life. Celebrate what he's doing right now. Now, last week, we had our largest Easter attendance ever, and we had a 1,000 people come down to the altars across the services, many people coming down with tears in their eyes saying, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm ready to go after God. We had marriages getting healed, just restored, crying and forgiving each other, and families all together coming down to the altar. It was so powerful. I wanna show you a quick video of what God did last weekend here at Victory to celebrate what he's doing right now. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get you through this thing called life.
2: Eternal life. He said he will be back and return in perfection.
1: He has a power of the comeback that we call the resurrection! Up, all those that serve, the cast, the crew, the ushers, the greeters, special needs ministry, parking lot, come up here on stage with me right now. I wanna cheer on all those that gave up so many hours last weekend to serve. And we're just gonna celebrate them just for a moment. We had hundreds of people across the weekend giving up so much to be here to make last weekend happen. It was a team effort, so powerful. This is amazing. Wow, what a church. Every tribe, every tongue, multi-generational, multi-ethnic, I love this house. I love you. And guys, yeah, let's cheer on these people that served for the whole weekend. Come on. Powerful. Powerful. And, and, and I love the man who played Barabbas, Warren Lynn, one of our awesome mushrooms. Come up here, Warren. Grab that microphone. Warren, this was Warren's first time to ever act. Yeah, you did boy. a great job. I,
3: if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Praise be to God. I'm so grateful. I'm celebrating this morning. I get to stand here and be me and not the bad guy because I have officially been typecast as a bad guy. He's this not church. a bad guy, and it's not me. It's not me. So I'm so thankful. I get to stand up here this morning. Quick testimony. My kid. I have three children. One goes to school here, and, and one that's 13 that goes to Carver Middle School on the north side, and then my oldest son Trace goes to Booker T. Washington. He's a he's a he's going to be a senior next year, football player. And they've been spreading the word about this production and saying, you gotta come see it. My son brought a ton of his teammates and I'm just, he's been working so hard on, on living his life and trying to show them Jesus through the way that he just lives his life. And I'm so, so happy and so thankful that he was able to bring these teammates to the, to the production and we had one of his best friends come down to the altar, altar and he Praise God, he gave his life to Jesus that morning. My 13-year-old daughter at Carver was, and if anybody knows Jensen, she will talk to anybody for as long as you wanna talk to her, and she just brings joy with her everywhere she goes, and she was out telling everybody at Carver, you gotta come see this play. Well, one of the big, cool basketball players who was in eighth grade that she didn't know came up to her and said, hey, you go to victory, and she, he said, she said, yes, and uh, she said, did, he said, did you go to the play? And, and she said, yeah, I went like five times. And he said, why did you go five times? She said, my dad was Barabbas. And he said, man, that guy's scary. That guy's big. <laughs> he ended up coming down to the altar and gave his life to Jesus that morning. So that makes it all worth it, doesn't it? Praise God, to God be the glory. I thank you so much. Praise God,
1: praise God. A.J., where are you at? A.J., A.J., you played the man in the middle
2: last week. Tell him what it meant to you. Man, great job, church. God is good, amen? Well, I really think that Pastor John Doherty and his brilliant mind, I think that he wrote the play with, with me in mind because not only did I play the middleman, but I once was the middleman in real life. I had one foot in the church. I would come here on the weekends and praise God when I was back in college at TU, but I would live a, a separate life on campus. And even after graduating for a few years, I was that real person in the middleman. But I just wanna encourage you, whatever season of life that you're in, there's no greater joy than being in the center of the will of God. No longer being on the fences about serving God and serving the world choose Jesus, and choose life.
1: Yeah, it's powerful. Now, Vinay, he serves our parking lot ministry, and he came to me on Sunday night. He served every service except for one. One of them he attended, but he gave up his whole weekend just to be here, many hours, and he said, Paul, I went home Saturday night and I prayed for strategy to make sure that our parking lot was flawless, that when cars pulled out of the 9 a.m. and people were coming for the 11 a.m., because how many all know there was thousands of people leaving, thousands of people coming in, the ingress, egress is important. Vinay volunteered and he said, I prayed for strategy. I got here early in the morning. I began to map it out. Tell him just being a part of it, what God did out there.
4: Before before I speak to that church, can we, can we just honor Pastor Paul for the vision that he has for this church? and for the vision that he had for the Easter to see multitudes be ministered online and through these doors, every single service. First of all, our best days, Victory's best days are right in front of us. This is just the beginning. We are just getting started. Amen. Thank you for dreaming big, God-sized dreams and having the faith and leading us from the front. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to serve this church. Saturday night um, when we had five and seven services back to back, we had noticed that there were some delays in people coming in and going out. So I went home and thinking that night and the next day morning, I said, God, how can we, how can we make this transition smooth? Give me a strategy. And I, I was walking with the team, walking the grounds and praying, praying to God, asking Holy Spirit, and he just immediately gave the strategy of, You know blocking these certain exits and and putting cones up so that the 9am would leave and the 11am would come and it just worked flawless and we are going to use that strategy going forward every time we have back-to-back services and i want to give a shout out to everybody that volunteered for the parking lot thank you guys thank you so much i know it takes a lot to be out there to be greeting thank you
1: thank you thank you John. This is a party service. We're celebrating what God did, what he's doing. That's awesome. I gotta say this, some of y'all don't know this, but about five years ago after our father passed and he started the church in 1981, but John came to me and uh, my mom was pastoring the church and John just said, Paul, I know I'm your older brother, but..." He said, I know I blocked for you in football. I was a lineman, and you were the third-string quarterback. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I got in when we were up by 60. And, um, but he said, I blocked for you in high school. And he said, as your older brother, I feel the block for you in this church. He said, I feel like you're called to be my pastor and pastor our church. When mom feels it's time to pass that baton off and... And that was huge. As an older brother, John has modeled servanthood and humility in such a beautiful way and and kept his passion for what he feels like God's called us to do in creative ways as a church. And um, John, you showed us a side of Jesus that many people had never imagined. And it was awesome. I had people coming down to the altar and they said, I've always seen Jesus as a very serious man, never smiling, never laughing, never really like playing with kids. They said, John, They didn't know who you were. They were like, the guy who played Jesus, he was fun. And I never thought that Jesus was fun. I said, well, Jesus' first miracle was at a party turning water into wine. And they were like, that's the kind of Jesus I want to hang out with. But I said, yeah, Jesus was fun. Kids loved being around Jesus. Jesus was the life of the party. He hung around sinners and people were, the worst people were attracted to Jesus. So he had to be in some way relatable with people. John, you did such a great job portraying this role and, and working behind the scenes. Just say a quick word.
2: Well, I'm, I'm so thankful I get to serve here and get to serve our pastors, Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley. You know, we've been, uh, Romans 1:16, it talks about the gospel. The gospel is the power of God at work. And the gospel is continually being packaged differently. But it's still the same meat and potatoes. And it's that Jesus died on the cross for everyone. And that he resurrected. And that's the power of God, and that's the gospel. And so sometimes the power of God at work looks like putting mud on someone's eyes for them to be healed. Or it looks like a giant styrofoam head with shirtless guys running around. That, uh, <laughs> to re- I know, some of you guys are like, what? Um, that, that happened last week. So, um, But I just really, I, I believe that, that God wants to, every single one of you have been given such an incredible gift. And if you feel like God can't use it to, to share the gospel, please remove that from your mind. Yeah. Because please do not limit the power of God at work. The gospel is gonna get out. And so if he's not gonna, if you decide you can't be used, then he's gonna go to someone else. And so I'm just so thankful that Victory decided that, God, we just want to, we, we want you to use us. And, uh, and uh, Paul asked me to play Jesus, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, people know me. I am... So. <laughs> but here's but, here's
1: the amazing thing, yeah. the irony of, of it all. What if God asked you to play the part of Jesus?
2: How and many have ha-
1: how many you have a past? Amen. Every sinner has a past and has a future.
2: And, and I think that that was the thing that Paul was like, John, I believe that God's going to do uh, he's going to show a new revelation of who he is w- whenever you do this part. And so Anyways, and that's the whole thing that I just want to encourage you to do is that you've been casted. You're on, you're on a stage of life, and a lot of things are not always done in the spotlight, but, but behind the scenes is, is who you really are. But God is saying, I, I've cast a you as your role, and your role is Jesus. Um, and, and so you go, well, I can't do that because that's an insane role. Like I, and he said, I'm here to help you, but my gospel has to get out. And it's the power of God at work. So thank you guys. Thank you, Victory, for doing your part and playing your role as Jesus to city and to the world. Amen. That's right.
1: You know, and my wife reminded me of something. All of us as a church... We all played a part in seeing what God did last in at Easter, and I know there's new people here today, but I, I just wanna say, many of you that have been coming just in the last few weeks, last few months, last few years, you invited coworkers, friends, people. Uh, Eric Morris, who played our Roman Centurion, I don't know where Eric's at, but he gave me this testimony. He said, we had people who came on Friday night, they found out we offered special needs ministry to their children. And they were so thankful to drop their children off at the special needs ministry. They came back on Saturday. They invited 10 more people with them. They did it three different times. They brought a total of 30 different people with them to church across the weekend. Many got saved. What an incredible weekend. Can we give all these guys a big hand? Thank you guys. Without all of y'all, it wouldn't have happened. Y'all can take a seat. Thank you so much. Powerful weekend. Ashley. Are you gonna say a word, or are you just taking the microphone?
5: I was gonna take the mic, but I will, because I got something to uh, you know, thank everybody. One of the groups that we did not get to really thank as well is all of our staff. Um, you guys did an incredible job. The graphics, they don't get done by accident. The videos, the lighting, you know, every person, our pastoral care team altar ministry team. Also the moms and dads in the room that were here for countless hours letting their kids be in the production. The wives and the husbands who had a spouse in the production. I mean it is a team effort. It's awesome. But I could not help think about the people who are sitting in this room that maybe you feel like you are kind of, you know, we're we're like uh, people in a shop and you're outside and you're kind of window shopping, you're just kind of spectating and seeing what's going on. But I wanna let you know that you're invited to be a part of whatever God is doing. And there's some people in this room that have yet to find their purpose and they have yet to find their people, their family in the body of Christ. And I wanna encourage you that being planted in the local church, the Word of God says being planted in the local church, they will flourish in every season. You know, the local church being planted in the local church is a platform for your purpose. Yeah. If you're here today and you say, you know what, God, I want to find the fulfilled life that Paul, that these people are talking about. I want to find the family that I sense in this place. Yeah. You may sense it, but you might have not, have not found that family. You might sense purpose right here, but you have not found that purpose. I'm just telling you that God's purpose and God's family is available for every single person in here. So don't allow your excuses to keep you from just window shopping, but move into the shop, move into the body of Christ, because you belong here. And as you plant yourself, one of my favorite things about serving, one of my favorite things about watching the people even up here is that they move from just spectating to participating. They move from just being next to a neighbor and meeting their family members. That's good. And that is for every single person in here. Remember that the local church, being planted in the local church, it is a platform for your purpose and an open door to meet your family.
1: Come on, Jesus. All right, give me five more minutes. Let me wrap this up because God has done so many great things. Number one, we celebrate what God has done. Number two, we celebrate what he is doing. And here's the third one right here. last point, we celebrate what God is going to do. How many of you know we have a bright future in front of us? We've been here for 36 years, but I'm telling you, we're going to be here till Jesus returns, and we're going to see our best days yet. The past is great, but the future is greater. And I'm telling you in your life, have hope, have faith, Get a vision inside you. Celebrate what God is about. To do. You know, one thing I'm so excited about this last weekend, yesterday, that gives me just excitement for the future. As a church, we've been in this vision, Can You See It? Guys, yesterday we saw it finished. We have finished the vision. All the finances came in for the Can You See It vision. We have finished it. We hit our mark yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church. Thank you, everyone who has sowed into this. Come on, somebody. Better late than never. (laughs) Some of y'all have no clue what we're talking about. We have been, for the last 12 months, it is exactly 12 months just this last week that we cast a vision to launch special needs ministry, to launch our Victory Manford campus, to multiply our Bible schools, to bring solar panel lights to Rwanda, Malawi, and Dominican Republic in neighborhoods where there's no electricity. And then to go back on television daily. We've had so many people around our city and around the world that are finding Jesus through this ministry on TV. Yesterday, Joyce Meyer was with us. Anybody come to Joyce Meyer conference yesterday? Man, was that awesome or what? She told me, she said, Paul, I am so glad to hear that you guys are on TV. Don't get off. She said, it's one of the most strategic things your church can do. She said, You're gonna see more people come into the kingdom of God in your city and around the world and future campuses and future churches you're called to plant by being on television nationally, internationally, locally. And she said this She said, I felt, I feel to sow a seed into your ministry. Now, yesterday, we were $13,000 away from finishing the Can You See It Vision. The reason why is because two weeks ago, we said, hey, we're $400,000 away. Let's believe God to finish it by June, the end of the fiscal year for the church. And let's let's believe God for the future. And there was a family in our church who said, you know what, let's finish this before April is over. They stepped up and they said, we're gonna give a matching gift of $200,000. This was two weeks ago. It was a miracle. It happened in service. We were like, (gasps) I started crying. and, And they said, let's challenge the church to rise up. As a church, This is it, man. It's the widow's might. It's each of you bringing like a dollar, two dollars, or 50 cents, some of you five dollars, twenty dollars, and sacrificial seeds that helped us get to be able to that matching gift, but we were still 13,000 short. Joyce Meyer said, I just feel like I'm supposed to bless you guys this weekend. I know I can't stay and preach. She's 74 years old. She preached Friday night, Saturday morning. I said, would you preach this weekend? She said, I need to rest. My body needs rest, but I want to sow this weekend into your church. It was exactly what we needed, plus some more to finish the vision. Thank you, Jesus. God's bringing unusual favor to this house. And let me say this. When we celebrate what He's doing in this house, He wants it to happen in your house. God wants to bring favor into your life, not so that you can get the glory, but so that He can get the glory. And Life is not about stuff. It's not about material stuff. you got to realize this vision has nothing to do with stuff. It has everything to do with reaching people with God's love. God wants to use your life to bring compassion, to bring love, to bring life to those that are hurting and those that are in need. And I, I believe that as we celebrate what he's done, we celebrate what he's doing, and we celebrate what he's about to do, I believe there's people that are called to this ministry, people that, are, that we're called to reach in other cities. I see more campuses. I see us expanding from the left and to the right. I see you stepping into your best days yet. How many are believing for a miracle in your future? We're gonna celebrate like it's already happened. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna end this service with, with just a time to give and a time to respond to the message. Right now at the end of your rows, there's offering envelopes. If you'll just pass them down. If, if you wanna to give today, you don't have to give. Nope, no pressure at all. But if you wanna to give today and you just say, you know what, I wanna sow into what God's doing through this ministry, through this house. Joyce Meyer said, God's hand is so on this house. God's hand is so on what you guys are doing. I said, can I get that on video to show to my haters? She said, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have any haters, I really do. <laughs> None of you guys though, other services. No, I'm just kidding. Here's the great thing, haters can't stop you from doing what God's called you to do. She said, you don't have to film me, Paul, just keep doing what you're doing. But you know, I I think, man, what an awesome moment in in the history of this church and in the future of what God wants to do through this house. The future, the legacy that God wants to bring in your family, in your life. God, we thank you for what you've done. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. And God, we celebrate what you're about to do. God, I thank you, Lord, for prodigal sons that are coming back home. I thank you for marriages that are being healed. God, I thank you, Lord, for the widow in this room who lost her spouse, lost her husband. God, that her life is not over yet. She's gonna get her joy back. There's a new season coming in her life. Lord, I thank you, God, for anyone in this room that's that's walked through a painful season, that's in a dark tunnel. God, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. God, that there's the future is bright. God, that you're bringing them through the valley to the mountaintop. Lord, I pray, God, for every person in this room that feels stuck in a rut, God, who's stuck spiritually or stuck financially or even just stuck in the relationship with you or stuck in the relationship with their spouse. God, I thank you, Lord, for fresh life, fresh momentum, new vision. Dream again. Dream again. The next 30 years will be greater than the last 30 years. Dream again. Believe again. Release your faith again. Risk again sacrifice again. Don't get stuck in the past. God has greater things in your future. If there's breath in your lungs, he's not finished with you yet.
5: Thank you for listening
0: to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.